Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of If We Can Just Say. As always, I am your host, Jessica Carter Ogle, and with me is my husband, Stephen Ogle. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. We're back. We're back. We're back. And we're back. Yeah. Yeah, so we're back. It's Monday. Yep. November something. November 15th, I believe. That can't be 13th. right. Yeah, that was definitely wrong. <laughs> November 13th, airing on the 15th. Yes. No, 13th, airing on the 14th. Oh my gosh. Wow. We're, we're off to a great start, y'all. All right. Uh, and cut. I was cut. feeling good about this, too, and now I... And cut. Second take. And go. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho. Yeah, good time. How's it going, Stephen? How you doing today? Uh, yeah, today's been a wonderful, wonderful day. I think I'm on day... Uh, I'm losing track. It's at least 10 days now of where I have slept probably the worst I've slept in my whole life. It's just awful every single night. I'm not sleeping through the night. I feel myself move. And it, like my toe could twitch and I feel it and it wakes me up. I can it's, attest to you moving a lot. It is the absolute worst thing in the world. I hate it because I'm not getting any, I'm not, like, I'm sleeping, but I'm not resting, if that makes sense, gotcha. so I feel like when I wake up in the morning, I'm starting to lose my mind, and you said to me yesterday when I, when you came in to see me, because you had already woke up, and you came in, and what did you say? What did you say I look like? Like, puffy and, like, despondent. Yeah, I was like. You looked like you didn't sleep well. I never really see you puffy. Yeah, yeah, and that's just, uh, it's been almost almost two weeks straight of this and i'm about to lose my mind i think it's just some stress i think the time change didn't help i myself if you guys recall was talking about how i had a migraine in the last episode i uh continued to have a migraine for like a good week yesterday was the first day that i did not have a headache and i did not take anything and today I had a headache again. And I know it's the the weather. I don't know what to do. I'm going to see my doctor and see if there's something else she can do. Maybe like a lobotomy or something. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But, Maybe a lobotomy. I like it. But in like happier it. news, I'm sure y'all have been watching our social media and you've seen that our little baby has turned four. She has. That's crazy to me that we've had her for three years. We've had this house for three years. Like, life is insane. Yeah, it, it's uh, man, time flies. Time I've been flies? I've been seeing photos on my time hop this week of all the photos when she was really small and only weighed like twenty five pounds. She was a scrawny little street pup. Yeah, and she you could see her ribs and her spine and stuff and her little baby small face, and I was just like, oh my gosh, like she was so tiny then, and now she's just a stocky broad, like a stocky little Mack truck coming at you. Yep. Ready yep. to ready to lay on you at nighttime and get some cuddle time in, and she just like ugh, right yep. on your chest, just ugh. Yep, she's a sweet little girl though. Yep, got her own personality, got her own quirks, got her own likes and dislikes, and brings a lot of joy to this house. Yep, that's for sure. Yeah, what yep. else was new this week? Uh, somebody, somebody made this house a full. Subi house because we are a Subi family now. Somebody got a new car. Oh my gosh! All he cares about is being a Subi family. He doesn't even care about the car. <laughs> yes, it was me. I had to turn in my lease 
next month. I think that I had told you guys about that before, and I was like freaking out about getting a new car because it would be more money, which it is because that's just life. Yep. Um, we are leasing, but I think we're gonna end up buying. But I got a Subaru Crosstrek. I really like it so far. It, it Subarus have insane amount of safety features on them. Yes. Like it's crazy the safety features, the beepings that happen. If the people in the back seat don't have their seatbelts on, alerts go off. Like if you try to like if you go a little bit too close to the line, not only does it beep at you, but the steering wheel turns you back. Like course correction. Yeah, the guy who did our financing was like, honestly, if you turn like all the stuff on, it can drive itself. Which is terrifying to me. I don't think I'll be doing that. But <laughs> I like it. I hate going to the dealership, but it was not a bad experience. I think I was really good. You did you did very good until until towards the end when you were like done. And then I was just like, oh boy, this this lady is nuts. Yeah, I was done about five minutes into the finance portion, <laughs> which lasted like an hour. Which they have this cool screen now that you get to write on and stuff. It's it's not like an iPad where like the screen is soft, but you have to use like a pen. And it's really cool because like he sits on one side of the desk and he can flip the document back and forth to where you on your side of the desk can read it or he can flip it around to where he can read it. And like signing and stuff, It man, it made that process that used to last like 40 minutes or something. It really made, if, if you if we were just doing that process and cut out all the talking and any changes that had to be made, what, it was like 15, 20 minutes? For sure. And then they email you all the documents. So I don't have that printout from the printer from 1985, Yeah, which is cool. But it's basically like a digital desktop almost. Yeah. Like his most of his desk surface was taken up by this big screen. Yeah. Yeah, it was so pretty cool. It was cool. But yeah, so we've got that. Hopefully I'll have this car for a very, very long time. So yep. fingers crossed. But yeah, it's a, it's a nice driving car, man. Yeah. I have not driven yeah, it I yet. Say you actually... I, I test drove the 2023. So I mean, I, I, I've, I've driven, I've driven yeah. models of the Crosstrek before then. Uh, so I've just not driven the 24. But uh, yeah, man, it, it seems like a good ride. Yeah, I like it. It's I like it smooth. so far. So smooth yeah. brakes too. You had to slam on the brakes the other day and I was like, wow, oh my gosh, I didn't feel like I was going to go through the windshield. Not at all. It wasn't jarring at all. It's like all the safety features. Like it, it's just crazy. I feel like I'm a hundred years old. Like, yeah. The, the anti-lock brakes on there are big time smooth. Yeah. Which is very cool. So yeah, yep. good car. It's cool. So ever since we got it Thursday, so Friday, Steven's like, oh, do you, cause he's been obsessed with the Bucks, Starbucks since we got back <laughs> from Seattle. He's been obsessed with getting his cafe mocha. He's, he went to the one in Kroger by us and hated it. So he's not, we don't, we're not allowed to go there, nope. but so it was a 20 minute discussion. Well, Friday morning I said I wouldn't go until my AAA was all set. <laughs> and I just also didn't feel like going to Starbucks for him. So Saturday, it was a half hour back and forth conversation about, should we go to Starbucks? Should we not go to Starbucks? And then he's like, order it on the app. So I, I log into the app and I try to see if I can order to the downtown Plymouth location. For some reason, it's not on there. 10 more minutes go by. I'm like, what do you want to do? Like, we can go, we cannot go. And he, and we were supposed to put all of our yard stuff away. And he was finally like, all right, let's just go. So we get in the car, we drive to the Starbucks in downtown Plymouth on Main Street and Ann Arbor Trail, and it's closed. It's like <laughs> cardboard, cardboard paper in the windows, giant rentable dumpster outside. And I'm like, well, no wonder it didn't show up on the app. So I guess they're remodeling. What I've seen from my Plymouth Canton Facebook groups is that they're <laughs> remodeling it to be ADA compliant because I will say it's not. It had one entrance that had a step up into it. That's it. 
So yeah. my hope was that it was going to take over the Panera that's been on the corner of Main Street and Ann Arbor Trail and been empty for over two years because they say it's not a great location for parking and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, well, if Starbucks just took it over, Starbucks is always packed and it's very small in Plymouth. Yeah. There's, Needless there's, to say. And there's a lot of people that walk around in Plymouth, so it'd be perfect. Needless to say, we ended up having an impromptu Target trip to the Target in Canton so he could get his Starbucks. And then I was like, well, I'm just going to get my groceries while we're here. And we browsed around and bought Christmas stuff. Somebody bought an uh, Oreo gingerbread house (laughs) that he would like us to make for the holiday. Uh, Does anyone else have a husband... They take to the store and it's like taking a child. I does anybody else have a spouse that insists upon taking them to the store and you don't want to go and then when you go you, you get blamed for spending more money and it's like I told you I didn't want to go to begin First with. First of all, I can count on two fingers how many times I've insisted you go to the store with me. You insisted I go to Target with you. I just wanted Starbucks. That's and you all. got it. I just wanted oh Starbucks. Oh my gosh. So needless to say, by the time we got home, yard stuff wasn't happening and No. And then it was time to watch some sports. Uh, yeah, we were supposed to have a movie day, but instead Stephen had a football day. And I know a lot of you women, and I'm sure there's women who watch it too, but I know a lot of you wives out there are used to your husband watching <laughs> football all day. I am not. Like Stephen, the first time he watched a football game with me or a football game during our relationship was last year when we went to watch a Tennessee game at the bar. He has never wanted to watch football, college football, nothing. I guess all that happened before we got together. So for him to spend all Saturday watching football, not that I cared, but it was weird. It was from like noon to like 11. Yeah. Yeah. I watched for a good 11 hours, which if you saw on our Instagram feed, if uh, you're paying attention to that, I was posting all the games that I was watching. Um, Starting off with Michigan, uh, Michigan played Penn State and man, you know, the score, you look at the score, and the score of this game, Michigan clearly won the game. But, my God, they were so frustrating. It was so frustrating watching them play and play like garbage. And that's that's my that's my problem right now with Michigan being a really good team and all this stuff going on, on off the field with Jim Harbaugh and him getting suspended by the Big Ten Conference for, you know, possibly stealing signs and all this kind of stuff. It's just – it's garbage. All of it on the outside, it's all noise, and it's all garbage. And that team should have came out pissed off and put up 50 easy on Penn State. And they just, they just, I don't know, they just never turned on the gas until like the last five minutes of the game. And I was like, what is wrong with these guys? Like, why are they letting this outside noise get to them? It was stupid. It just made me mad. And then I watched Tennessee, and I got even more mad because Tennessee, a great team, like, couldn't score they would get down to five yard line and then not score like just like well at least michigan won like yeah michigan won tennessee didn't win and the score totally reflects that game in the way they played because they played worse than michigan because they couldn't even put points up on the board like it was just they'd get down into the red zone to score and then not score and i was just like how many times like they should have beat that team by by 40 points but Every single time they got in the red zone, they got shut down. And I was just like, oh, I can't stand this. So then the last game I watched was um, I was back and forth between Georgia and Ole Miss on one. And then on the other was LSU and Florida Gators. And the best game I watched on Saturday, hands down, was LSU-Florida. I actually paid attention to some of that. 
I was um, starting a new book called One True Loves by Taylor Jenkin Reid, which I will post a picture of because it's really good so far and talk about once it's over. But <laughs> by that time, I was getting sleepy, so I was watching some of that game. The, the LSU's quarterback is insanely talented. Yeah, he this, is good. This man is now the second person ever in the history of the SEC Conference to have over 200 yards passing and over 200 yards rushing. So that's yeah, second. Yeah, they kept throwing that up there. Second time ever. He ended up with 372 yards passing with three touchdowns and then 234 yards with two rushing touchdowns. Wow. The two rushing touchdowns, one was for 85 yards and the other one was for 51 or 52 yards. You were losing it during the 85-yard one. I could not believe it. I was like, what? And then he was open enough to make it down there. Oh, like, I mean, this dude's quick. Yeah. Jason Daniels. Like, I mean, this dude, or sorry, Jaden Daniels. This yeah, dude like, is insanely good. So fun to watch. And LSU right now, they, they've got three losses, and they've lost because their secondary, their safeties, and their cornerbacks, they're all true freshmen. Uh, so they they don't have experience, and that's a problem. They're getting beat. Uh, their defense is getting beat on the backside, where people are, you know, the quarterback's able to throw deep on them, or they're able to throw in routes, and those guys are not fast enough to pick up because they just don't have the experience. But next year, this team's going to be dangerous, hands down. They're going to be dangerous. Does that just happen? Like a lot of people graduated, and so they've got a lot of they've got lower a, classmen on they, the team. They have new recruits. They have, uh, you know, the coach Brian Kelly. It's his second year coaching the team, so all of those freshmen are his recruits. Gotcha. And you know, so kind of building it up. He's building his team really in the third and fourth years of a coach being in college is when they really have most of the team be their recruits. So I I expect for next year for LSU to be like a top ten team, like basically one of the top teams in the SEC, in which everybody better look out because that, like I said. Their quarterback is unbelievable. They put up 52 points on Florida, and that that is no joke. Now, their defense, like I said, was not able to stop Florida as much, and Florida still put up 35. But next year, that's going to change. That defense is going to be so much better with the experience, and it'll be it'll be fun to watch. But, yeah, Jason cool. Daniels was just fantastic. Absolute yeah. best player, best best game I saw all Saturday. So that, that uh, cured me of my – Anger at Michigan for playing like crap, and then real anger at Tennessee for not. Sh they shouldn't even have come out of the locker room. They should have just stayed at home. But you know, so That's yeah, sports football. fans for you. If you lose, we hate you. If you win, we like you. I I don't mind if a team loses and they leave it all out on the field. I have a problem when the team shows up and it they be they beat themselves. I gotcha. That's I can not see that. that's not leaving it out on the field. You leave it out on the field when you put your best out there, and that team's just better than you. But Tennessee did not put their best out on the field. They Everybody shouldn't even have been out there. can have a bad day, but a bad day in a shorter series of games, shorter season of games is a big deal. Yep. So, but yeah, we're, we're coming down to the last two weeks of college football, so you'll hear more the next couple of weeks about it. You'll and, be hearing a lot about the Michigan-Ohio State game. Because I, I will be there. will be there. Yep, Ricky and I are going. Ricky's got season tickets, and uh, man, I cannot wait. Because that is cool. going to be, that's going to be something. Because right now, Ohio is overranked at number one, Georgia's number two, and Michigan's number three. 
I don't care what anybody says. Georgia's still the best team in the country. They absolutely would demolish anybody they set set on the field with right now. I, I don't care who it is. There's not a team that can beat Georgia. It's just not happening. I only know it's the Georgia Bulldogs from country music. Yeah. So, also, crazy watching uh, the game college game day and seeing Pat McAfee do the fight song for the Georgia Bulldogs with the Georgia Bulldogs crowd because that's where game day was. Mm. That was a full, full fun experience to watch. That was cool. Cool. So, but, yeah, well, sports. Steven – Sport, yay sports. Steven <laughs> kicked off our in the news with the yay sports section. Yep. There's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now, but I'm just going to keep in the news light and full of my hatred for Florida. <laughs> so I read two <laughs> articles this week, and these are very short articles about just wacky Floridian stuff. So the first one I read about was somebody, there was, I think it was a Goodwill, had a Halloween section. And in that section, they had a skull that turned out to be a human skull. <laughs> so they had gotten a storage unit that was like, you know, one on auction or whatnot. And it had this skull in it. And there was like an archaeologist person in the Goodwill that was like, um, I feel like this looks like a real skull. And they took it in and it was like, yeah, it's a real skull. So like they were just selling a real skull. And the best part is the Florida police are like, we don't consider this to be like or an urgent thing like this is like a no big deal for us down here dime a dozen i ad-libbed those last two lines but it was like no big deal and i'm like only in florida do they find a skull in the goodwill and they're like that's not really a high priority for us right now we'll just toss it in the evidence locker like whose head is it what the heck else was in the storage unit i've always wanted to do a storage wars and get a storage unit but that's another story the other thing I saw is... I, I could see you and Kelly being on Storage Wars voting for a storage. Like getting one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or trying to try to bid for one. Us doing anything would be a real shenanigan. <laughs> In fact, us doing anything is a real shenanigan. <laughs> so, you can only imagine. Um, but yes, another story about Florida is apparently, tis the season for frozen iguanas to be falling out of trees. <laughs> That's a thing. Watch, watch your heads, Floridians. And it says when the weather gets this cold, the iguanas freeze and they'll fall onto the sidewalk. So two things are interesting about this. One, they had to be sure to tell people not to eat them because Florida. And two, (laughs) they're alive and they will thaw back out and be alive. Though per the article, it's like, it's okay to kill them. Here's how to dispose them. But they're alive. So it's not like it's frozen and dead and you're clearing it from the sidewalk. I can't even with this state. I don't even understand. Yeah, I, 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 I can't. I can never set foot in the state of Florida again. Like, I, what I are you even doing? Well, if I ever go, I'm gonna have to bring an umbrella for falling iguanas. <laughs> I don't think an umbrella is gonna help I'll, you. I won't bring my tro- chopsticks, chopsticks, because I'm not supposed to eat them. Oh my gosh. So anyway, those are my two stories that I'm gonna talk about or talked about because that's all. Oh, that was enough for me to handle. Yeah. Steven's got the last portion of in the news. I will just dabble in conversation. Um, the This in the news section, uh, I, I wish we had just, when it broke, the news broke, but we talked about this this week. We should have just recorded a quick 15-minute episode and threw it up, just about this subject alone, because there's a lot in it. So I'm going yeah. try to try to keep it condensed as much as possible. But if, if you have not paid attention to the news um, and you were not aware, SAG, uh, the Screen Actors Guild was on strike for over 100 days, and they finally resolved it this past week. On Thursday, 
news broke that the board was looking at the what was supposed to be the final offer. Yeah. And then uh, they all voted on it on Friday, and they voted unanimously to uh, to end the strike. Now, I have a few things that came out in the last few days about what they agreed to. Yeah. So, and for the record, I didn't know that the strike would be, or that this contract, because the last one was like 15 years ago. Yeah. And it lasted for 15 years. Yes. I did not know that this contract would only be for three years. So it'll be up for negotiation in three years again. So you need to have a little bit more wiggle room. I feel like the strike could have ended a little bit sooner, knowing that you were going to be doing this all again in three years. And that's, I mean, that's on both parties. Yeah. But, but once again, at the same time, I would, I would put, if I had to split it, I would definitely split it a good 60-40, uh, 40% being on the screen actors and everything else being on the production company. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because they're the ones that kept dragging this out oh, longer for sure. and longer. Yeah. Sorry, but go ahead. let's hit some of the things that actually what this means. So sets must have proper hair and makeup services for all performers, including those with diverse textured hair and complexions. That's so ridiculous that that has to be in there yeah some of these are ridiculous that it has to be there but hey they got to protect these no people. they do and i'm glad they did but uh requirement for intimacy coordinators present for scenes involving nudity and simulated sex that apparently was not a thing i thought that was a thing i thought it was too but i guess not wow um let's see they have uh sag has secured informed consent and fair compensation required for the creation and use of digital replicas for performers and background actors basically suck it with your using our ai for free it gets it gets better for an employment-based digital replica actors will be paid the equivalent to the payment if they did the work themselves so now they're getting paid. If you're going to use a digital replica of them, they will get paid as if they were there. As they should. And it's your own. Then you might as well just hire them again. Yep. Uh, contract ensures background actors are equal, are actually hired and not replaced by AI, adding that no digital replica can be used to evade payment of a background actor. Oh, those production companies are pissed. Yep. So that was great. Um, next up, we have... Uh, consent and payment for use, creation, and reuse for digital replicas. Good. So they're getting paid every single time that that digital replica get, gets used. As you should. Residuals and pay the same as if the actor was actually on set, so there's not a difference in pay. Um, and digital replicas cannot be used to meet the required amount of background actors, which I already said. So I've got a couple of other things, uh, which I, we'll put in our post this week that gives a little bit more details about those. Uh, just wanted to throw in that during all this, Warner Brothers announced that their movie Coyote vs. Acme, that was supposed to be an animated film with John Cena voicing uh, Coyote, was uh, going to be basically put in the vault because the CEO wanted to write it off as a tax benefit. Of course. Well, they got a huge backlash for that because a couple of times that happened during the writer strike where they were trying to, they did that last year with Batgirl oh, and yeah. all this kind of stuff. So it's happened a few times and finally, well, uh, they're now allowing filmmakers to shop the movie to other potential distributors after the backlash. Oh, somebody's going to get it and animated. Okay. So it's, I'm sure it's. Does it say it's, who the audience is? Like, is it an adult movie? Uh, it doesn't say if it's an adult, but it's finished. 
John Cena's your lead. Yeah, exactly. You've got that content. You've got John Cena as your lead. I don't know. And, I, and, and I'm, somebody's going to take it. And I saw another article today that said Apple, Amazon, and Netflix are all lined up to to hear to watch the movie in order to bid on it. Yeah. So it's gonna it's gonna go to streaming. Yeah. So, I'm just curious as to who the audience is because I feel like if your audience is an, is adults and it's more of adult content, it's a no brainer that somebody's gonna take it. And and if I was any of these companies, I don't care if it's Netflix, I'd still release it in theaters. It's a kids movie. You're gonna if get, it is. If it's a kids movie yeah. and a family movie, I'd absolutely put it in theaters. Well, yeah, you're gonna get more money. Yeah, for Parents sure. It's taking a few kids. Yeah, yeah. And you can't go wrong right now with John Cena. No, John Cena's on. Get he's he's on a rise right now in Hollywood, and it's great to see. Yeah. Um, and then my final thing that I had is that uh, the Marvels, the new uh, Marvel film. Uh, released this weekend to a worldwide opening of 110 million. Domestically, it did uh, 48.3 million, I believe. And uh, due to that, uh, it's being considered a flop, the first flop for the MCU. I have seen reviews that rave about it from some seriously harsh critics and say it's amazing. And I've seen a ton of people that are knocking on it because it's led by three women and diverse because you have you have an Indian woman, a black woman and a white woman and it's uh, I've seen a lot of people trash it because of diversity, a lot of people trash it because it's three female leads, a lot of people trash it because it's Marvel releasing anything. Um and all of that once again like I said about Michigan with John Harbaugh, that's all noise because I've seen some very harsh critics that have criticized Marvel in the past for movies that I even liked that are raving about this movie. Well, we'll see it tomorrow. Yep. We'll see it the day the podcast airs. Yeah, tomorrow. Yep. So, I mean, I, in terms of Marvel superheroes, I am just, I'm over it. I am saturated. I am burned out on it. Now, that. I like the fact that it's three females, obviously, and people can say that's because I'm a female or whatever, but I'm sick of seeing white dudes everywhere. White dudes are not the end-all, be-all of people. I agree. So it's nice to to see that. And I think um, the girl that plays Kamala Khan is fantastic. She was the best part of Miss Marvel. I didn't think I'd like Miss Marvel at all because I don't like teen stuff. I'm in Vanelli. But I loved her. Or Velani. Uh, V-E-L-L-A-N-I. And Brie Larson is getting so much hate for this movie that I have started to like her. I can... Because I feel like the hate is just ridiculous. So I have turned a leaf on Brie Larson and I like her now. So thanks world. <laughs> and the it's girl a... playing Monica Rambeau I like too. Like I think it's a great cast and I think it's a cool thing to flesh out and... I don't care if the world's like ready or not. I am glad that Marvel did this and quote unquote took a chance on a movie run by three leads, three female leads. One thing, one thing that they've done uh, since the pandemic with their releases is that we, we got the WandaVision show. We got the Miss Marvel show, um, which those two shows, this movie is spinning out of. We got, um, we got this movie. We got, some stuff that we didn't get in the first few phases of Marvel. And that was female led things. Yeah. I mean, people hate it. Love and Thunder was a terrible movie. Awful. But not because Natalie Portman was a Thor. No. Like that. I get that. I think she did a good job. That movie was just terrible. 
But I like that they are doing more female stuff. I want to see more female. I want to see more diversity. I'm still mad about Wakanda Forever. I'm sorry. Not only did you kill my girl, Angela Bassett, but then you put the whole movie about some Mayan under the sea people. It was barely even about the Black Panther people. Wakandans. Wakandans. Like there was, they were completely gone. Like how... The first Black Panther movie was awesome. It was all about the Wakandans. That's all you saw. It was amazing. The second one was like a backdoor pilot. I've talked about this and complained (laughs) about it for a very long time. But That that movie has some small small gems in it that are awesome. One being Angela Bassett in front of the UN. That scene is epic. And she should have got an Oscar for just that scene alone. Uh, the other thing is, is Mbaku when he's talking to in the he's in the throne room with everybody, and uh, uh, the leader of the Dormelage looks at him and says something, and he goes, "You evil bald demon!" And just like the so, way he says it with his accent and everything, it's fantastic. Imagine if the movie had been what a lot of us wanted it to be, and been about him becoming Black Panther. That would have been How a better choice. How fun would that have been? How good would that have been? Whatever. Anyway, I'm yeah. digressing. So, so uh, with all that, I'll, I'll I'll end this segment uh, because since we're talking Marvel, I'll end this segment by saying that uh, the Marvels is the last Marvel MCU movie that will come out this year, and there will not be anything else to come out until July 26th of next year with Deadpool three, of which. That is the only Marvel Cinematic Universe from Marvel Studios movie to come out next year. And I think that's the best decision they've ever made is to pump the brakes on everything and give us something that, uh, for lack of a better term, is an absolute grand slam out of the park home run with Deadpool 3. Okay, well... I am glad they're not doing the oversaturation, but we all, I don't like Deadpool. You're so one of the- I'm a very I'm very very slim pickings of somebody who doesn't like Deadpool because I'm not a Ryan Reynolds fan, and I don't like the Deadpool movies. And you're the only person that I know that doesn't like the Deadpool movies. Well, so, I've always been unique. Yeah. So I think that even when it comes to the majority of critics of Marvel lately, I think that with Deadpool 3, it's going to be an enormous box office well, for them. it's also, like, so I read a thing that said, this is the 33rd Marvel movie, Miss Marvel, and you've seen this story 32 times before. And I've, I've, I've got two thoughts on that. Yes. Yes, you have. Because every single Marvel movie is bad guy trying to take over everything and the scrappy superhero saving the day. But that's what that is. That's what superheroes are. That's what comics are. It's good versus bad. Yes, you've seen it a million times because that's what it is. That's what you know it is. That's what you love about it. The triumph of good over evil. Yeah. So, yeah. Deadpool is a very different type of movie, a very different type of anti-hero, all of that kind of stuff. So I think no matter when they release that, that will, will be a huge hit because it is something that's actually different. Yeah. And they're also going to have it be the first uh, MCU Marvel Studios movie that's rated R. Yeah. So they're keeping it to what the first two movies were done by Fox. They they're, weren't rated R? They were rated oh, R. Oh, but this, but it was Fox. Okay. Yeah, but it was Fox. So they're keeping to that standard of what we know and love because yeah. those two movies, it's it's interesting because if I don't know the order. I'd have to look at the order. But the first two Deadpool movies and, and the two It movies, It and It Chapter 2, those are all four rated R. And when one came out, 
it set the record for the highest box office for an R-rated film. And then the next one came out, like those four, whichever one was the last one is actually the top box office uh, making money for rated R film. But literally they were, they were playing the game with each other back and forth. Wow. So it was like Deadpool, then it, then Deadpool two, then it chapter two or vice versa. That's how, but it was every other. So they can't go wrong with this. Yeah. And the fact that the writer's strike is over, we get, Ryan Reynolds able to ad lib on set and it's going to be even better. Yeah, it's crazy to me. Like they couldn't make that movie without them being able to ad lib. That's part of like I might not be a huge Ryan Reynolds fan, but I understand the charm of that for so yeah. many people and and the kind of person he is and the kind of humor that he has. That's who Deadpool is. So yeah. I feel like basically Deadpool is Ryan Reynolds. Yep. Now, hopefully in the coming weeks we'll get some information about TV shows. We don't have anything about TV shows. I I I'm I'm assuming that things are going back uh, back to filming, like the Chicago shows and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm assuming that stuff's got to start filming and, and, and get back to it. I know that uh, that uh, John Cena's film that he was filming on went back to filming on Thursday. Like, he yeah. was there back oh, on sure set Thursday, like, like ready, to, to go. ready to go. So, um, I, I, I know that a lot of things have gotten delayed um, and yeah, are so not, com- not coming out until next year, and that's totally fine. But I think in the grand scheme of things with Marvel, I think that uh, I, I look forward to seeing the Marvels. Uh, the people that I follow online and even some that I don't have raved about it, and, yeah. I, and I'm ready for that. So that'll be cool. Um, and nice. uh, and then I'll be looking forward to Deadpool 3, which uh, also to mention, we will talk about Loki at a later time. Uh, yeah, well, that, of course we that, will. That needs, that needs some time to breathe, let people see that. I highly recommend watching season two of Loki. Um, I can't, I can't, I couldn't even overstate that if I wanted to, like that is just epic. So good. Such good stuff. But anyways, we'll review that in a couple of weeks once people have had time to see it. Sounds good. I think so, the rest of our episode today is pretty music filled. It is all music. Do you want to, how do you want to do this? You want to do our anniversaries first or uh, no, Croce? I, I have it all literally I was, mapped out. You do have it all mapped out. Hit it. Ugh. So yesterday we went to a concert. Steven, one night of his insomnia <laughs> a little bit ago, not in this bout, but previously, yeah. was just on bands in town combing through everything. And he found a concert called Croce Plays Croce, where AJ Croce, the son of Jim Croce, um, puts on a performance. And he plays some of his stuff, some other stuff, but he plays like a ton of his dad's stuff. Yeah. I'm a huge Jim Croce fan. So I was totally down for this. We went to the Royal Oak Music Theater. They don't have seats on their main floor, so they usually like zip tie together folding chairs. It's not super comfortable, but we got balcony seats, so it was very nice. Yeah, it was a very cool show. I think he seems like a cool guy. Like, he told stories about his dad, about other musicians. Like, he's been playing in stuff since he was like 15. Yep, you know, his band members, his bandmates have been in a lot of stuff, and I think he put on a really good show. There was like video as well of his dad, of different things, and it was sort of just like a um Stephen referred to it as kind of like a storyteller yeah like kind of concert yeah because he was telling stories in between they they started off with it, there was no opening band first of all no. so they started off with a video of Jim Croce at his house and to the camera he's like introducing his son and then he tells his wife to bring, bring AJ out 
and then like literally the it faded out and here comes AJ and the band walking out. It was, it was so, very cool. like like it made hair stand up on the back of my neck. Very I was like, cool. "Whoa, that was cool." Um and then the way they ended it with Time in a Bottle, they showed some family videos and they sh- have Jim Croce singing it and when you get to almost like the first chorus where he's saying there's never enough time, the lights come on and AJ starts singing and I'm like, I literally started crying. Yeah. <laughs> like, I it, choked up. I told my mom about it this morning and I choked up. Yeah, but like when he did the roller derby queen, they yep. had video of yep. like a roller derby um when he was talking about um Rapid Roy, they had like a stock car races yeah. with a figure eight and like all this stuff and he gave a story about that and work like yeah. some stuff he did when he was you know when he was a younger dad with his kids and stuff it and, was a fun show it was totally yeah. different i didn't know what to expect but it yeah. was fun i and it was sold out at the royal oak music theater i don't know how many it holds but it's like the doors opened at six and the line was wrapped completely around and it took a good hour for everybody to get in yeah it it was uh it was really cool um, I think the highlight for me, uh, I love, uh, he played, uh, he played my two favorite Jim Croce songs, which was, uh, uh, box number 10. Box number 10 is my favorite. And, um, what is it? Uh, oh my gosh. Of course I would forget the name of the song right now. Yeah. Which one do you like? Cause I knew when um, it came on. It's the... Mm. Isn't it the Rapid Roy? It's not Rapid Roy, but it's got the similar name. Um, let's see. Oh my gosh! Of course, I would forget it in the moment. I knew. Yeah, I, I can't it remember because it's Speedball soon... Tucker. Yeah, Speedball Tucker. And because it, it's it's a racing song too. But yeah, they they played both of those. Uh, which, by the way, AJ plays piano. He plays guitar. Um, his drummer played with Van Morrison and Steve Miller Band. His bass player played forty years with Doctor John and the Neville Brothers and various other people in New Orleans. Um, his guitar player played at Austin City Limits. Like he had, he had some very talented people. His his backup singers were fantastic as well. Like he had some good people uh, on stage with him. It was cool, and he played for what, like an hour forty. Yeah. So I love Jim Croce for the Rapid Roy song. He's got a line that's like he's got a tattoo on his arm that says "baby" and another one that just says "hey." Yeah. I want Stephen to get "hey" tattooed on his arm so bad, and he won't do it because he's got all of his comic book stuff and so he's got like a couple things where it says like pow or like bam or whatever and i'm like just toss a hay in there and you could be like the croce song <laughs> he won't do it no i won't do it operator i love too i serenaded that one morning to steven remember that yeah yeah it was yeah. beautiful wasn't it yeah it was uh it was a uh, it was like long lost like sixth verse i think the song had yeah. that you were singing that nobody knows except for you i you know made it, it. Up on the spot. i know it uh, but yeah, no, it was cool. Operator story about that. That was my dad's favorite song. Was Operator. Um, yeah, so, but it yeah, was man, great. great it was, sh- if you get the opportunity, show. I would recommend it. Yeah, it was very cool. Yep. So we will go into Stephen's favorite segment, the album anniversaries. All right, we're gonna uh, we're gonna run through these. We're gonna kick it off. Um, we gotta roll through them because we got some other stuff we want to talk about. 20-year anniversary of Jay-Z's The Black Album, which in 2003, when this came out, we thought this was the last we would ever hear of Jay-Z. We thought this was it. This was his, uh, he calls it The Black Album because of the Beatles' White Album. Uh, Oh, Uh, yeah, that's right. I remember that. Yep. Uh, And there's a mashup out there DJ put together of putting the White Album and the Black Album together called The Gray Album. Yes. Which is really cool. 
Um, but yeah, this this album is fantastic. Uh, dirt off your shoulder, change clothes. I used to do the dirt off your shoulder in a hip hop um, exercise class. I used to take. <laughs> I have literally yeah. no rhythm whatsoever, but I remember doing that one. Um, Ninety nine problems. Like it, it, it's a great great album. Uh, good stuff. Um, also, fourteen years old. The second album from nineteen ninety nine by one Dr. Dre. Ladies and gentlemen, 2001. Gotcha. All right. uh, which, wow. What, I mean, next episode, forgot about Dre. Uh, I mean, it's just, there's so many hits on that, that on that album. And when like, it's stuff it's I know, then I know it's hits. Yeah, it's, it's a classic. It's a classic. Um, speaking of a classic, um, five years ago, yeah, five years ago, Kip Moore gave us an acoustic album called uh, Room to Spare, The Acoustic Sessions. That's a good one. It, about five songs? Uh, I think it's seven. Seven. But that's the one that's got uh, Love You to the Moon. Yeah. Uh, which I, I love that song. Tennessee Boy. Yeah. Uh, man. Gotta love a Tennessee boy. Yep. So it's uh, Going Home With You, I think, is one of them. Uh, but yeah. It's uh, good. I, we love Kip Moore, so. Yeah, whenever he wants to sing, we'll listen to. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Um, going back to 25 years from 1998, um, man, I was a I was a freshman freshman in high school. Sorry, freshman no. in college. Oh, freshman in college. Say, no, you weren't. Freshman in college in 1998 in November, in which Garth Brooks released the double live. I hate that he won't be on Apple Music. He's like the only holdout left. Everybody else is on there. Yep. He's the only holdout left, so therefore I can't listen to him. I hope he's happy. Yep. Because I'm not, but I hope he is. Yep. But uh, double live, full double album. Like there's like 30 songs, because it's from a, a a tour where he put everything together, and it's uh, it's fantastic. If you've yep. never listened to it, absolutely listen to it. It's it's 90s country at its at its finest, man. It was a good time. Um, one of one of my top three. Favorite John Mayer albums is 14 years old, Battle Studies. Um, this album, man, War of My Life, man. That is that's that is one of my favorite John Mayer songs of all time. I, I, I just, just want to like hate John Mayer, but it's a good album. That album, it's so it's so good. He did a cover of Crossroads on there, which mm -hmm. is really good. Um uh, he's a hell of a guitar player. Yep. Friends, lovers, or nothing. Like, mm -hmm. greats. I mean, oh, man. Just an amazing album. Absolutely amazing album. And the album starts, it's kind of interesting, because when it came out in 2009, the beginning of the album actually sounded like the PlayStation 3 load-up screen. Mm. Like, the first, like, three seconds sounded like that, because Jared pointed that out to me, and I was like, what? And then I, like, turned on my PlayStation, and then heard that sound and then I turned on his song and I was like, Oh yeah, it does kind of sound similar. Uh, but yeah, saw him at least twice on that tour. Fantastic, man. Nice. Fantastic album. Um, I did not get a chance to listen to this this week. I don't know if you did. Um, but from 1997 reload from Metallica. No, I did not. I didn't either. I know I listened to it in 97. I know I liked it. I didn't like it as much as load load was a better album. Um, which were an anniversary for that will come up in a little while, but uh, Reload had its uh, or is having its 26 year anniversary. Um, the album that we thought would be the final album from Blink 182, uh, the untitled album, is having its 20th year anniversary. Um, 
and and for a while that was the final album from them because the guitar player left and it was just uh mark and travis and they started doing a different band and stuff and but uh this album has stood the test of time i think it's i think all in all i think it's my favorite blink 182 album from beginning to end i can put it on it's a vibe it's a mood and it just it just grooves the whole way through and by the time i get to the end i'm like give me the give me that first song again let's go because uh, I think nice. th- I think they finally found their groove with that album because, with their last album. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, the last one that would be for a while, you yeah. know. Um, but uh, but yeah, cool. Uh, two left, one being Zach Brown Band, The Foundation. That I did listen to. You know, they that album is how many years old? That is fifteen years old. Yeah, I was never a huge Zach Brown fan. Not like on purpose. I just never really listened to it. But I really enjoyed that album. I liked it a lot, and I was like, oh, maybe I'll listen to some more of his stuff. And he just put out a cover album, a volume one cover album of yep. tons of famous songs with some of the original people on it. Um, so I might take a listen to that. I think it's called On the Road, Volume One or something like that. Something like that, yeah. But yeah, I I liked Foundation. It was good. Yeah. It's a it's a great album. I I I like the groove to it. Like it yeah. it it's it's country, but it's but it's a little bit um just radio like rock. Yeah. Like a lot of the songs on that album I feel like could be on the radio and could be a good like driving album. Yeah, I might you know? give another album a try and see. Yeah. But it's definitely cool. an album that you could def- definitely listen to while driving down the road and and get some miles in, you know. Cool. Um and then last up on the list uh, we on this podcast are big fans of Rage Against the Machine. Um, in 2002, the the band members of Rage Against the Machine joined with Chris Carnell and made Audio Slave. Mm, yeah. Which... I haven't listened to them in a while. Sorry, I didn't listen to this one, but I have listened to it. I like Audio Slave. Ooh, man. It's the sound. It's the sound I love. Just it's, that whether or not it's in the 90s, it's the 90s sound. And it's gonna. It, this is gonna seem crazy because we did the podcast a few weeks ago about the forty-four days with Metallica and 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 Nirvana and Soundgarden and all those albums that came out. Um, I didn't become a real Chris Carnell Soundgarden fan until Audio Slave, mm. because I was a fan of Rage. Yeah. And I was a fan of Tom Morello, and I was like, anything this dude's playing guitar on, I want to hear it. Yeah, and Rage overpassed, like surpassed everything else for me. Yeah, and so I, I I dove into Audio Slave, and especially that first album. I think they ended up making three or four albums, and I, I have them, but this album is the one I've absolutely listened to the most. I just, it's got a good groove to it. Um, Tom Morello does some things uh, that he's never done before with sounds and solos and stuff. And then Chris Cornell, I felt like Chris Cornell actually had a had a chance to like venture out to do other styles. Cool. That wasn't the Soundgarden sound. Yeah. Um, and get to mix it up a little bit. So I felt like these four guys actually made each other better. I think as artists. Cool. So, but yeah, that's, that's the end it. of album anniversaries. Okay. Cool. All right. So now we got the CMA Awards. Yeah. Uh oh, you're looking at me weird. I don't know what you just wrote. Oh yeah, uh, forgot to mention a new thing we're doing this week. Because you missed an album. I did miss an album, and I skipped it on purpose uh, because this week we are going to do something a little bit different, and we're going to have a, a couple blog posts uh, reviewing a couple albums. Yeah. Uh, Jess is going to review the new 
Chris Stapleton. Higher by Chris Stapleton. Holy heck, you guys. Like, this album grabbed me in a vice grip and hasn't let go. Yeah. So I will be talking a little bit about that on our blog, which we'll link to in our post. So we're diversifying our podcast a little bit. So hopefully you'll reach out for my post on that. And Steven will be doing a blog post about. I will be talking about the Chariot's first album. Everything is alive. Everything is. What is it? Everything is alive. Everything is. uh, Ooh, it's a long title. Everything is alive. Dot, dot, dot is what he originally wrote. So that is what I originally wrote. Man, But this will be a fun blog post because Stephen has a personal. um, Everything is alive. Everything is breathing. Nothing is dead. Nothing is bleeding. Even if you don't know that album, I would I would say read the blog post because there's a Steven's got a funny personal sort of story that goes along with it. Yep. So I think that uh, I think you will like that. So we'll put a post. We'll post when our blog posts are up and everything. So please check it out. Yep. And as Steven said, we're going to be talking about the CMAs. We watched the entire CMAs. I probably haven't watched an entire award show since I was like 15. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know, it's the Country Music Awards. So as you know, I've gotten the Northern wife has gotten her Southern husband into country music. <laughs> so we decided that we would watch the CMAs. Now, are we going to talk about nominees as well as winners? How are we doing? I'll, I just I'll let you lead winner. it. I just had winners. So Okay, because I'm looking at everything. I can okay, see whatever yeah, you want to talk Okay, you can comment. About. Okay. Right. So we're going to go with the winners of the CMA. I don't know if y'all have heard of Lainey Wilson. Ooh. She is, well, here, here it is. She is the best female artist of the year. Yep. And she had... Um, the best entertainer of the year. Yep, she won entertainer of the year, female artist of the year, and she won for best album Bell Bottom Country. Yes. And so that's 3 CMAs and technically she was also on the musical event that won, which was Wait in the Truck by Hardy, and also the video for that won for video. Oh, really? Yeah, so technically she was on 5 wins, 3 of which were solely hers. Yeah. She was amazing, and her outfit was to die for. Look her up for when she um, accepts her awards in the black like pantsuit she was wearing. In my dreams, I couldn't have thought of a more amazing outfit. I, I just have to say about Lainey Wilson in that particular acceptance speech that you're talking about, um, she talked about having played in the last year 186 concerts. Yes, in and the I, year. In a year. That's literally... A little bit more than one every other day if you did the math. And I thought to myself, like, that is, I mean, wow. She worked her butt off, literally, yes. if you look at her, yes. to win those awards. And she's great. I love her music. I love her stage presence. I love her style. And I love that she looks like she could be my friend. Yeah, she looks like a regular girl. Like she regular looks girl. like she could be my friend. So she won all of that. The single of the year that won was Luke Combs' cover of Fast Car. So he won for that single, which is a Tracy Tracy Chapman song. Yep. And not only did that single win, but it won for Song of the Year as well. So that means Tracy Chapman won for Song of the Year at the CMAs, which is the first time in history that an African-American woman has won a CMA in that category. So how random to be Tracy, Tracy Chapman because, like, Luke Combs just covered your song and all of a sudden you have a country music award. 
Now, with that, you mentioned song of the year. Lainey Wilson was up for Heart Like a Truck. Yeah. And she was up because she was featured in Wait in the Truck by Hardy. Yeah. <laughs> so she was still nominated. She's nominated for every category that she fit into, yeah. basically. Yep. And the other two songs that were in there on Song of the Year was Next Thing You Know by Jordan Davis and Tennessee Orange by uh, Megan Maroney. And we're a big Jordan Davis household here. Love Steven Jordan loved Davis. Jordan Davis. Yeah, absolutely. So that was cool. Um, Tracy Chapman wasn't there, but it's just funny because Luke Combs put out a great album, but all the talk is coming from fast car and he even he mentions her immediately thanks her when he wins and he's like this is just a song that was all about my childhood i'd sing it with my dad my dad would play it and so i wanted to cover it and like yeah it's crazy to me how it blew up again yeah and i'm glad she i mean she gets the award she's got a cma now yeah she's a great song and she wasn't there so the presenters like read her statement you know thanking ever everybody um which was cool but uh, I don't know. Just in my, I thought, I thought that Heart Like a Truck was gonna. I wanted it to win. I I yeah. didn't even say that. I told you that Fast Car was gonna win. Yeah. I just knew. I had a feeling that Fast Car was gonna win. But I wanted Heart Like a Truck to win because that's that's man. That's one of my the favorite night songs. after the award show. I attempted to lean, listen to Leanie Wilson's Bell Bottom Blues for the air quotes first time. <laughs> And then I realized I like knew the whole album because Stephen played it so much. Bell Bottom Country. Bell Bottom Country. I'm sorry. Um, um, what else you got in there? Male vocalist of the year, Chris Stapleton. Yep. And he sang White Horse, which is the best song on the higher album. I love it. So he won. I I just I love him. He just seems chill and cool and normal. Yep. And like he won for that. Vocal group of the year was Old Dominion. Yep. We've dabbled in them, not so much. Vocal duo of the year, though, Stephen, the honors. That would be Brothers Osborne, which I had missed. I I thought that the guy in the cowboy hat was the lead singer. So when the other guy talked, my brain like did, could not compute the equation that was happening in front of my eyes because I have been listening to them all year, thinking that the guy in the cowboy hat is the voice. He's not. And I just, I still can't get over that. Yes, you said that and you were like, wait a second. And I was like, well, I knew that. I was like, wait a minute. Like, no, I thought cowboy hat chest tattoo is my lead singer. Nope, it's not. He's the guitar player of which still is absolutely one of the best guitar players I've heard all year. The dude is phenomenal. Yeah. And reminds me of like uh the guy from chicago meets like john mayer like he's got oh yeah he's got some beautiful guitar lines in there but then of course you were like oh man i just want to hear him talk yeah and tj talked and i was like oh my gosh that's tj all right i got the brothers mixed up yeah brother brothers osborne is fantastic if you want fun rock and roll country um, really well written, thought out, and performed ballads. Like you, they're fantastic. Yeah, they got a little blues influence too. Like I, like I mentioned that John Mayer thing going on. They, they, they're definitely influenced by some some blues. Um, but they got that um, they got that bigger sound. That's like a Chicago sound when they actually come in with a full song. It's good. And then, like I said, the musical event of the year and the music video were "Wait in the Truck" by Hardy featuring Lainey Wilson. And what did you have to say about Hardy? <laughs> As we were looking at him, he performed with um Morgan Wallen and Post Malone, who's apparently a country singer now. Don't even get me started. He's not a country singer now yet, but I guarantee his next album is going to be a country. He album. also lost a ton of weight, and he looks 
wow. And I guarantee you it's going to be a good album. I don't even like Post Malone, but I I know he's a good artist and I know he can do stuff without all the pop nonsense. With him and Jolly Roll and these face tats, that's another conversation in a minute. But what did you say about Hardy? Hardy looks like if Kid Rock and Uncle Cracker had a baby. That's terrifying. (laughs) So sorry, Hardy. But I also see it. Yeah. So I was like, wow, Steven, you really got that one good. I mean, I saw the glasses and he had the hat on, so he's looking like he's Ugh. looking like Kid Rock, but I was like, uh, that face is not quite Kid Rock. He's got the look, but then his face looks more like Uncle Cracker, and I was like, what is happening here? Like We've got two more winners. Musician of the Year was Janae Fleenor, and then the new artist of the year was Jelly Roll. Yes. Now I don't know what to make of this guy. This guy, he performed as well. He performed a couple times because he opened the show and closed the show. And him, first of all, his stage presence is, is fantastic. His voice is fantastic. I have not had a reason to listen to him until we watched the CMAs. I just haven't. I've been like, all right, I know he did hip-hop, and I know he's been around for a long time, and he's done like eight or ten hip-hop albums. He did a rock album, but this new album is a country album. But when he came up to give his speech, I dare say that was the best part of the night. Yeah, he's he's infectious. He's like, I said to Stephen, I'm like, I feel like he's like either a motivational speaker or like a Southern Baptist minister. Like, like he's like a cross between the two. And he seems very genuine. He said the following phrase. There's a reason the rear view mirror is yeah. smaller than the front windshield. And that's because yeah. what's behind you is behind you. What's forward is where you're yeah. where you're supposed to be going. I've heard that, yeah. And I was just like man, like I was like I was in. Like it made me come up he off was my fired up. It it, it made it made me come forward in my seat. Yeah. Like towards the TV. And I was like, man, like, all right, I got to give this guy's new album a listen. I have yeah. not listened to it yet, but I've I've got it in my queue. It's it, I've, I've been the new Stapleton album came out. So that's what we've been listening I to. I think this weekend, all but. of the winners and all the nominees yep. were great. The, it was hosted by Luke Bryan. Steven's not a big fan. And Peyton <sighs> Manning. Um, it was cheesy, but not bad. It, they they were they were good. I guess it's the second time they're doing it. I always love Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning won my heart in the United Way commercial for SNL where he's chucking <laughs> footballs and swearing at little kids. <laughs> I've forever loved Peyton Manning since then. So it was good. Yeah, I have to say that um, uh, they they had a good good comedic stuff. Uh, it was cheesy, yes, but uh, they, they had good. They could play off each other yeah. with what was written for them. Uh, they did pretty well. Peyton Manning, I have zero issues with Peyton Manning. I love him. He's fantastic. Tennessee yeah. boy like me. Got it. Cool. Uh, Luke Bryan, I just can't stand his voice. It yeah. drives it's me different. insane. Like It's like a dog listening to a high-pitched noise or like nails on a chalkboard. I don't know what it is, but well, when I hear Luke Bryan, I just want to shove pencils in my ear. So when he performed, I had to get up and leave the room because I was like, I just, I, I can't, I can't. Stephen also couldn't handle it because it looked like he had a teleprompter and he, he was did. the only he one did. with a teleprompter. He had a teleprompter that had the stage in the back yeah. and he had a teleprompter. And then the next person that performed was Jordan Davis and Jordan Davis didn't have a, t- yeah. have a teleprompter. And I know, I know, I know if anybody's listening to this and they know both artists, they're going to be like, well, Luke Bryan did a medley and he did so many old songs. Jordan Davis doesn't have, but you know, yeah. a couple of albums. I don't care. Because 
Chris Stapleton could have played anything from his first oh. album and he wouldn't have missed a single word. Laney Wilson could have played something from her first album and wouldn't have missed a single word. Why did Luke Bryan need a teleprompter? If he's so, if he's so good well, and got all these hits, why does that dude need a teleprompter when nobody else did? Too, and he just, I don't know. But I did want to mention they also did a tribute to Jimmy Buffett. They did Kenny Chesney and Mac McNally played a song in Alan Jackson and Zach Brown band. So they did some stuff for Jimmy Buffett, which yeah. is cool because he passed away. Yeah. Um, and who were some of your favorite performances? My, I, I mean, uh, I mentioned Jordan Davis. Jordan yep. Davis, the dude's got energy. He's I can, always great. I cannot wait to see him when we go see him. He was great. Um, I have to say, I'm not a fan of uh Kenny Chesney but I thought the performance that he did was cool yeah but the best performance hands down can I guess go ahead um wildflowers and wild horses no really no oh okay no all these artists came out here with bands and stuff there's one artist Kelsey Ballerini she walked out with just a guitar and herself and she played her song finger picking and didn't miss a single note yeah. on the guitar or in the voice. And I don't care. You got that many people in the room. You got a high pressure situation. You're on national television. You're in a mil- you know millions of homes. Yeah. And that girl nailed it. I mean, yeah. absolutely she nailed sang, it. She Leave Me Again off Rolling Up the Welcome Mat. Oh. It was fantastic. Yeah, she did an amazing job. Oof. The one I mentioned was um, Leany Wilson, Wildflowers and Wild Horses. That yep. was an amazing performance. Yep. Also, um, also uh, the girl from War and Treaty. Yeah. Th- those two are brilliant. Yeah. Husband and wife. Absolutely amazing They're voices. They're like R&B country. I felt like I got back into like a Southern gospel church all of a sudden, yeah. which was very cool because I grew up in the South, and that's a thing that that that, that I love and have, have spent a lot of time in as far as that goes. Yeah. Um, but, man, their voices, they play off each other so amazing, and they're looking at each, at each other. You can tell that like they've they've done this a time or two and they're very well seasoned on what they're yeah. doing and man they were great one of my favorite older country songs is delta dawn by tanya tucker ah. and she performed that with little big town and i was pumped yeah that <laughs> I was love cool. that song yeah she came out and did a solo to to start it yes. and then she went back to the other stage and joined yeah. all them which was cool or and no no i'm sorry they started out they on their started own and then yeah. she came in yeah um and then luke combs did where the wild things are which is a really good song and that song's been in my head because of the cmas yeah like it's a really good song that's a song that when i heard it it's probably the number one song i've heard this year that it it turned my ear upside down when when he gets to a certain part in the song and i was like oh like is this a true story yeah like it's not it's like yeah. a, it's a fictional story but like it made me think mm-hmm. and man that was great and another um female artist we really like ashley mcbride she did light on in the kitchen she was great but i'm just gonna round it out with my boy chris stapleton doing white horse check out our blog to hear a little bit more about the higher album yep Check out our blog to hear a little bit more about the Chariot album. Yep, we'll be doing... Uh, yeah, we've been super the, into country music lately, too, so that'll be popping up a lot more, I think, in our content. Yeah, and uh, the blogs won't come out the same day. They also won't come out the same day as a normal post. We're going to have you know have some content tr- uh, coming out several yeah. days this week, not just our normal posts that we do Tuesday and yeah. Thursday. So, so take, yep. a, take a read and see what you think, and... You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, our blog, t- Tumblr, if we can just say at gmail, if we can just say 918 at gmail.com, 
all of that stuff like listen subscribe please share our post please interact with us like that helps you know help us build what we're doing we would really appreciate that yep. we appreciate all of our listeners and we thank you for that and if you uh, when you go to our blog this week hit that subscribe button so you'll get a notification when our next blog comes up because these are going to be start coming in in which they're on different days excellent so, so cool. cool i believe that's all we can say this week bye y'all